When you think of your favorite product, what stands out about it to you first? Its form or its function? A minimalist might argue that the aesthetic of it being minimal or its form is the most important thing. But of course, on the contrary, that same minimalist might argue that if its function is so perfect, its form will be delivered from its function. This is a debate that has gone on since the dawn of design, of function over form or form over function or the harmony of the two. Well, today's guest decided to reframe this notion completely. Looking at that balance of form and function, he derived a new way of looking at it, style and substance. And really, when you have the perfect product, isn't one augmenting the other? Style plus substance, or really, calling the perfect product for somebody, stylized substance. I'm AJ Barsay, and you've tuned into the Analog Explorer podcast. Read about my analog manifesto, my passion for photography, and my love of travel and watches in print or online at analogexplorer.com. Today's guest is Kyle Snar. He's one of the co-founders of the company Contonement, an accessory company, and one of their flagship products is the Contonement Kerchief. It's something my son and I have been using for the last year on many of our adventures, whether it was around our necks after it was dunked in one of our ice-cold rivers during the Pacific Northwest heat dome, or keeping it in our back pocket and wiping the grease off our hands as we tool up our motorcycle for this year's Distinguished Gentleman's Ride in Vancouver, Canada. Now you might be thinking to yourself one of two things. This kerchief might be something small, like a, like a pocket square and really single function to blow your nose or inevitably hand to your, your five-year-old to wipe snot. Or maybe because we're coming out of the pandemic, you might be thinking it's as huge as a bandana. And really, that's the sweet spot that Contonement is trying to fulfill, is this bridge of the functionality of both these things, but in a style that any enthusiast would enjoy. Whether you're an auto enthusiast, a chrono enthusiast, a musical enthusiast, or now even a fly fishing enthusiast. Really, it's stylized substance for anyone who's an analog enthusiast. Very glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, I have, I've been looking forward to this. So for those who don't know you, and uh, I mean, everybody should, but like, who, who are you and um, what is your title? Because I mean, I believe you have a new job title or soon to be have a new job title, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Hi, my name's Kyle Snar. Um, I got a couple things, a few things going on in life, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I am the co-founder of Contonement which is an accessory brand that um, I launched two years ago at, in the middle of the pandemic. And um, I'm also uh, recently announced as the head of partnerships at Worn and Wound. And I'm really excited about that. Um, great, a great team that, that has invited me to come on full time. And yeah, we can definitely get into that as well. And then on the side of that, I'm a branding consultant and writer and that's kind of how kind of rounds me out father and husband yes. and sweet how old's your your little are are they little i uh, let's just put it out there so i have four kids oh um, i didn't know that oldest, okay four little yeah my oldest is 19 okay and then i have a 16 year old a 13 year old 
and my little one is a 10 year old yeah so a, a whole uh, a whole squad uh, over here of snars you know whole <laughs> squad the the snar squad yes Yes. So, so you have a lot of irons in the fire, but how I found out about you is through something that uh, I, I I acquired because of um, our our uh, co relationship in the Watch Fam. But um, mm -hmm. Contonement, which is uh, matter of fact, I think I have one on uh, a, a, a chief that pretty much I, I my my son and I, who's five, kind of fell in love with um, for our hikes and stuff. What, how so? You started you started a company in the middle of or in the beginning of a pandemic. That's right. How, how was that? Yeah, it's really interesting. So prior to starting, which again, we started two years ago this month, my best buddy who I grew up with since the age of seven, and for him, he was five years old when we first met. He is a product guy. So he works for a, a company that creates products for company for other companies. And I've been in marketing and advertising my entire career. And I've always been interested in gear and I've always been interested in products and, and branding. And um, I was working in New York City and commuting from our, you know, our house just kind of right outside the Bronx into Grand Central every day and then walking about 20 blocks south in Manhattan on a daily basis. Okay. And I would talk to people on my walk and I was talking to my buddy Matt one day and he said, hey, I really want to make a product and I want you to kind of help me out and make a product with me, but I want it to be some sort of, of thing that I don't have to carry any sizes. And at the time it was the height of summer and it was crazy hot in the city. And what I had been doing quite often to protect my collar from getting all sweaty as I walked 20 blocks from Grand Central to, um, to my office was I was tying a bandana around my neck and I was trying to find that perfect bandana, right? And I was wanted one that that wasn't too long, but wasn't too short. One that would kind of, you know, gather up the moisture that I was creating and, and uh, you know, not transfer it to my shirt. And I said, well, what about, what about we, what if we did like, like the ideal bandana, you know, and he's, he's a dad as well. He has four kids also. Awesome. And for a while, when we started thinking about this, we wanted to call it the dad rag. <laughs> That was, it's a, like, a, when we were talking about it, we were calling it that because, you know, both of us, when we were, when we were earlier in our, in our fatherhood, you know, lifetime as fatherhood, we had babies and, you know, you yep. always would get these like, you know, burp claws oh, yeah. that were sewed by your aunt. They were frilly and pink and you just wanted Embroidered. something that wasn't, yeah, yeah. You needed something that was kind of a little bit more manly that you could, you know, wipe up. A little bit of spit up or wipe a nose or it was just like this handy thing that that you know having a rag on your bod you know i'm sure your dad probably carried a handkerchief i know my dad my grandfather they always carried a handkerchief but that has kind of fallen out of favor but this was the whole idea was to like bring this back into our everyday carry um but do it in a way where you'd have one for kind of daily use and one for kind of more like to wear you know so have one in your pocket, one maybe tied around your neck, protecting your collar or something like that. So this was over a four-year period, we played with sizes and fabrics and really tried to figure out what the right ideal size was something that would fit perfectly in your pocket, but just big enough to, you know, for most guys to basically tie around their neck or around their forehead or something like that. And then we iterated on so many fabrics to try and figure out what would be the right, the right kind of fabric. And we, until we found this really amazing cotton 
that was like that perfect texture that feels super soft and got better and better every time you washed it and used it, it would, would break in and get better. But also because it was cotton, it would sop up, you know, sweat really, really well. And you could dunk it in a stream on a hike, tie it around your neck. And it's like an instant, an instant air conditioning, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a really useful fabric. So um, that was a four year endeavor. And honestly, at the, the very beginning of the, of the pandemic, um, me and a lot of people got laid off. And that the, mm-hmm. the day I was laid off, I got in the elevator and I called up my buddy, Matt, and I said, how long would it take us to get this to go to market? And he's like, oh, we could probably get it going in about six to eight weeks and like, just pull the trigger. <laughs> and so that's why we started when we started. So you launched, did you launch in 2019 or 20, uh, 2020? 2020. Uh, two years ago for Father's Day. And it was a really cool experience because I knew the guys at Orn and Wound. I knew they had the wind up watch shop and I knew that they carried stuff other than just watches. And honestly, when I was, when we kind of had our, our working prototypes and, and packaging figured out, um, they were the first people I called. I, I, I set up a, I set up a, a Zoom call with uh, Blake Mallon and, and Zach Weiss, and I just took them through the concept and literally, they didn't even blink an eye. They said, "Yeah, we'll put that in the store," and that began that they were our launch retailer for our our Father's Day 2020 launch, and they still carry it to this day. They're the largest retailer that we have, and they that started a really that started an enhanced relationship with those guys um, over the last two years. Dude, that's killer. So, so I gotta ask, why contonement? Like, why why call it from dad rag to contonement? That's a great question. So first of all, we didn't want this to be a product that only guys or even only dads would be interested in. I think we could tell that story in other ways. And, you know, so I started looking for names that meant something to us as a group. And and I should also mention that um, our other friend that we also grew up with, Matt and I met a guy when I was like 15 and Matt was 13. His name was Kenny. And um, Matt has been very good friends with him all these years. And I, I was lucky to get reintroduced to Kenny, who's an architect and an amazing designer. And the three of us started working on this project together um, at that, by that time. And, you know, all of us grew up in a town in upstate New York called New Windsor. And New Windsor, this whole area around the Hudson River Valley was a really critical and important parts of the Revolutionary War. For, for example, you know, I grew up you know, a few, a couple miles from Washington's headquarters and, and West Point is not too far away. Well, in our town, there's a park um, called the New Windsor Cantonment, which was the last campgrounds of the Revolutionary Army. And it's a place that I went to all the time when I was a kid for field trips. And they had um, all kinds of fun stuff there, like, you know, like bagpipe festivals and, demonstrations with like musket muskets and stuff like that and also hiking and and you know we fish nearby and things like that so it was really a place um that i went to and was quite fond of growing up and i just it popped in my head as just one of those things that kind of tied us to this town and i looked up the word cantonment which technically just means like a military campsite um in other in other countries it, it means like a fortress or even like a police station like in india i think they're like police stations are called cantonments, um, but a military campsite or a military style campsite. And um, we love camping. We, we, we camped every summer on the Appalachian Trail, not too far from our house. 
And I just looked it up and like, no one was really kind of owning that term. Like that word wasn't like being kind of owned by any company yet. So I just snagged a URL. I snagged, you know, some sort of handle on, on Instagram and, and typed out the word once in a font that I liked. And that's, that's been the logo type that we've used to this day. Huh. So with the history of, of contonement and the fact that they're in a two pack, so you have one to use and one to wear. Okay. So bridging those two things, you know, it's, it's kind of a military esque or, or, you know, term contonement. So, mm -hmm. you know, somebody who might know that term might think, oh, this must be like very military. It's very much not like this is very <laughs> to use your guys' hashtag stylized substance, which I want to know how that came about as well. But like it, the, these are brightly colored, all cotton kerchiefs, but also have holes around the corners. Why that? Yep. That's that's a great question. So, yeah, you know, um, we were in the, the three of us were in the same scout troop together. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, there's a scouting I wouldn't say that we were like amazing scouts or anything like that by any stretch. <laughs> we were, we were like the oddball troop at the, uh, at the, at the scout camp every year. You were the 4077th of, of, of scout troops. Pretty much, pretty much, you know, <laughs> everyone else was like, you know, it tucked in and we were lucky if we had a shirt, let alone if it was tucked, you know, like, um, but, but I, we loved, we loved the activities of scouting. We loved being outdoors and there's something about that kind of Norman Rockwell-esque like era of of you know of like uh, of outdoor style that we really gravitated toward and you know i think for us you know the, the new windsor cantonment being a place that we experienced the the great outdoors in was enough for us to be like this is a cool word and we can we can leverage it and we can write our own meaning for it you know and you know I, it, the the logo that we settled on you know it looks like a maybe like you know a red cross plus yeah. uh cross but it's actually a plus it's a it's a it's an addition symbol and that's literally okay. what i did is i typed an addition symbol and i bumped up the stroke and, and it's kind of like a knocked out plus sign and this idea of the plus sign is very important to us you know i we i think it symbolizes that we're always better together rather than hmm. alone like if it's like a couple people added together gets gets um you, you, you just really amplify each other and and, you know, Kenny, our, our, who leads our design, you know, he always, from his architectural training, he talked a lot about, you know, um, form and form plus function and style plus substance. And we didn't want to just say style plus substance as our, as our tagline. We really liked this notion. Um, so I just, you know, me with my background, I just started wordsmithing as much as possible. And, and, and I just said stylized substance one morning kind of like on the way to work. And I was like, no, nope, that's, that sounds good. And, you know, doing a little snooping, no one's really saying that term in that way. So it's a little bit more ownable and I pitched it to the guys and they're like, yeah, let's, let's, let's just do that. You know? So that's how the, the, the tagline came about. And it's something we believe very, very, very heavily in that something can look good, but it has to have function to meet that form which gives substance. So it's the right. style and the substance, um, which leads to kind of why we have things like little buttonholes in the corners. You know, um, my partner, Matt, is a woodworker and a, and a leather worker. And, you know, I was, uh, we were out visiting him. I'm, I live in New York. Kenny lives in, in Atlanta and Matt lives in Salt Lake City. And we, my family and I were 
were staying with Matt and visiting his family out in Utah. And we were playing around with early prototypes and he was had a little strip of leather and he's like, well, what if we made like a little like Boy Scout style neckerchief slide out of leather? And, and we, he, he cut one out and we started, we went on a hike and we used him, we slid him on. We're like, this is cool. This is cool. And, and he's like, it's just going to be really expensive to get these like leather pieces out of the gate, you know, for us to launch with leather, it's going to be expensive. And right when he said that, I looked down at my watch and of course was wearing a NATO strap and I'm like, nylon. well, why don't we just go ahead and like make them out of nylon, just like one of these. And we can even do it gray and do like a little gray NATO wog, uh, like neckerchief slide. And as we yeah. started learning more about the history of neckerchief slides, they were developed in, in England where Boy Scouts were to the where the original Boy Scouts were developed. And in England, they're called woggles. And we thought that was such a strange and kind of awesome word. And like, let's just lean right into that and call it like, you know, like a, a nylon woggle. And sometimes we call it the NATO woggle. But um, this little strap could be wrapped around itself and slide right on to hold a neckerchief in place. But you could unwind it and fold it in half. And he's like, well, what if we just put a buttonhole and you could actually hang if, you're, if your neckerchief got soaked you want it to dry, you could just hang it off your backpack or off your belt as like kind of a quick grab sort of rag. And so we, we our first prototypes had one, one buttonhole in one corner. And as we started playing around with it, um, you know, it was funny because we both kind of came up with this idea independent of each other and kind of reached back out and we're like, well, what if we put one in all four? And you could just <laughs> see that we both kind of arrived at the same conclusion that that you could put one hole in all four. And, and if you wanted to quickly create a quick little bindle or tote out of it, if you ever wanted to, if you, you know, I don't know about your son, but I know when my kids go to places like the beach, they collect everything, shells and rocks. And like, I'm like, where do I put all this stuff you just gave me that, you, but now I have this instant little tote that I can create to capture all of their treasures. Um, or it's great for foraging. If you're looking for berries or, yeah. or something like that, a great thing to just, quickly, you know, handle a lot of little things um, and hang them off your belt, hang them off your pack. And all of a sudden, this notion of, of substance and style started feeling real to us, you know, and, and we're real excited about the possibilities. The other thing that's cool about those, is, and we're still working on this, but they, 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 those holes provide a lot of, of opportunity to have interaction with other products. And so we're working on future products that allow those holes to take advantage of those, the holes, the buttonholes in each corner in different ways. So it's, it's exciting that this gives us some sort of system to move forward with, to build our product line. No, I, I love it. Cause I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head for me. Cause I, I've used it the exact same way where I'll have it. Matter of fact, I just got done. Um, my son and I rode in the uh, Vancouver, Canada, uh, distinguished gentlemen's rides. Uh, it's, it's called the DGR. We've been, yep. I've been riding in it for seven years. And my son being five, he's, he's always been up on the tank as a kid. Like ever since he was probably two, he's been up on the tank and just riding. <laughs> but not dangerous five, at all. No, 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 not here in the Pacific Northwest. That's normal. <laughs> we're going, we're going, I live in a cul-de-sac folks. Okay. I'm going literally three miles an hour. And my, my wife Amazing. is loving it. Cause she also rides. So like, um, no, we rode in the, the DGR. He had just gotten long enough because I, I told him he can't ride a pillion until he, he <laughs> legally can hit the pegs with his feet. Yeah. And the weekend before, lo and behold, he was like, Dada, <laughs> I, I touched the pegs. So we went out, we got him his first helmet and stuff. 
and um, got up early and stuff, and we headed up uh, up north. And it was funny because I, 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 I've said on, on the Bellingham podcast several times, I, I very rarely leave the house without one of your, your kerchiefs. And that's not, that's not like, I'm not stumping for you guys. I really do use your guys. No, as I appreciate it. Known. Yeah. You know, um, we've, we've taken it up mountains. Uh, we've used it on uh, matter of fact, in the, the shots from the DGR, you'll see like containment <laughs> hanging up from the side of our, our, our belt loops totally. because we were using it to tune up the bike. My, my son was doing, uh, the, the final roundup and stuff and he was, you know, cleaning his hands and stuff. So he's right there and stuff. <laughs> And of course he also has gear too, like his little gloves and stuff. And I'm dappered, you know, like I've got, I've got a full yeah. vest and stuff. And I have your, your kerchief just hanging on the side as a bundle so that I can keep his gloves there and stuff. Um, because wearing, you know, slack like pants. Yeah. I ain't going to totally stuff that my, my, my kid's stuff ain't going to fit. So lo and behold, like, you know, we were just, we were just riding and stuff, but that's, it was funny because it fits the vibe of the distinguished gentleman's ride, that dapper attire, that older era, that bespokeness and it fit right yeah. in. And a lot of people were asking what it was and stuff. So like, well, there you it's go. one of those things where it's like cantonment isn't just like, it's not just uh, uh, outdoorsy. It's also bespoke. It's functional and it's also brightly colored and you have themes, tempo, chrono, auto, and then a newly launched uh signature the the Ky uh, kayla lockhart you want to tell me how oh, you did your research i'm a professional podcaster so like amazing <laughs> tell so so tell me a little bit how do you guys come up with these now four packs that you guys have got and why those designs oh and i should say also the mark ii but i think that one's still sold out but like you know Correct. tell me a little bit about the vibe of of the the patterns and the the, the schematic style that you guys came up with yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, I'm so glad that you and your son use our product. It's so rewarding to see people who get it and kind of get out there and use it. I, I know the exact feeling of, you know, now that you have been kind of exposed to the idea of always having some sort of useful cloth on you, is it not the worst when you forget it? <laughs> yes. It is the worst. Like you go out and you like go to Pat and you're like, wait, no, how did I not have one? Um, the best is though, the best is for me when I put on a pair of pants and there's already, already one in there that yes, <laughs> was just yes, in there. Dude. That's a great feeling. Dude, either my cantonment or my pocket knife are the two things that like, if I don't have it, it like my, my, my wife gets a box and she's like, oh, can we have your knife? And I'm like, eh, it's in my other pants. Like same thing. Like, it's just like, oh, I need to clean something up. Oh, it's in my other pants. Damn it. You know, like it is, it's the worst when, but it's, it's. It's that pocket litter that like, you know, it's, it's functional. It's not just for Instagram. Yeah. Like, dude, your guys' no, yeah. scarves have gotten, have been up mountaintops. They've been in our rivers. Like they're not thrash, but they're well-loved. Okay. I have a five-year-old well, that they, puts I, in 50 miles a year. Okay. That's amazing. And, and the thing is, is they seem to hold up. Like that's the one thing that they I'm do. really ex ex excited about is like, you know, two years later, you know, some of my favorite kerchiefs that I have are the ones that I we, yeah. we like we're some of our prototypes they're so broken in and they're so they're the ones I grab most often um so yeah we we, we went with this themed approach you know I had the opportunity to work at gear patrol for two years and one of the things that I learned while working at gear patrol is that product enthusiasm is real yeah. it's just a power that that you have and there's there's there are watch guys and gals there are um car folk there are music lovers. There are these people who have so much love for products and that's a good thing. Products can be really cool. And, and what I learned at, while working at Gear Patrol is that if you lean into that product enthusiasm, 
you have an instant fan base. And so for us, we, what we wanted to do was create illustrations and designs on our products that would for anyone out there, regardless of their, if they were a product enthusiast or not, could look at it and go, wow, that's cool. But if you were a watch guy, or if you are a car gal and you could see through just the, just the, you know, the, the, the pretty picture, you would know that that is reminiscent of a Land Rover series two headlight cluster. Like you would yep. recognize that there would be this like kind of top secret message insider speak that this is a Porsche Fuchs rim, or this is the, you know, film advancer of a Pentax K1000. Cause if you're a camera guy, you know that because you probably have one sitting on your shelf. Close. I have the AE one, but yeah, close enough, close enough, close enough, but like, but you, you, it has the secret handshake aspect to it that we really love that, that product enthusiasts can enjoy beyond just the pure function and form. They get also a storytelling aspect of it. And we love that. And so that's why we leaned into um, these kind of illustrations that are designed by our partner, Kenny, who, like I said, as an architect, um, he uses literally blueprint software to create these schematics, these schematic drawings of these products. And um, we're getting, we are starting to progress a little bit that design into more illustrative um, ideas and more conceptual ideas. So there will be a mixture moving forward of both schematic illustrations as well as um, just beautiful designs and patterns. And, you know, I think, you know, thank you for doing your sleuthing, but yes, we are, we are just about to launch. In fact, we just put it up on the site today. So people like yourself, if you wanted to find it, they can, but we're launching a new series called the sport set. And the first version of the sport set is dedicated to fly fishing. And, you know, for us, it's something that, um, I've gotten into more recently. Um, my partner, Matt has been a fisherman since I knew him as a little kid, but I've grown to really, really adore fly fishing and take my son. And we've, we've gone on some great trips together and, and I love the aesthetic of it as well. And so as we started thinking about, you know, how we can tell the story of fly fishing and, and grow the story of cantonment, I really wanted to, um, partner with someone on this and, I stumbled upon an amazing uh, fly fisher on Instagram. Her name is Kayla Lockhart, and she posts such amazing uh, fishing expeditions. And in so many of those expeditions, she is wearing a neckerchief. Um, And I just, her style and her vibe just was right in our wheelhouse in terms of what we admire and what the style that we're going after. And I, um, I reached out to her and, and, she also is a huge advocate for um, youth mental health. And we have, um, we, we, you know, we dedicate a portion of all of our sales to getting youth into the, into the wilderness for mental health purposes. So her, her uh, kind of her cause aligned really well with ours. And I told her about our product and showed her pictures and she was, she um, was really into it. And so I got on the phone with her and she goes, well, the first thing you need to know is that I hope that your bandana isn't too big. Cause I'm really looking for a smaller sized bandana. And I said, well, you're in luck. <laughs> like ours yeah. is, is, is much smaller than a regular bandana, but bigger than a standard handkerchief. It's, it's actually that Goldilocks size that fits in between those two 
kind of classic formats. And she was um, over the moon with that. So she um, actually co-designed this set with us, um, cool. helped us choose the colors and her name is on them. It's our first, what we're calling signature series. And we'll be launching them with Kayla. She has them now and she's going to be out photographing them and, and being in the wild and taking them on her adventures. And we're super excited about it. Um, she, since we actually um, started working with her, she's also become an ambassador for Eddie Bauer. So we were very lucky to get in on the, the ground Sweet. floor with, with Kayla. Yeah, she's, she's the real deal. And, you know, I think also just, you know, for the record, she has a very cool sounding name. So yeah. for the Kayla Lockhart signature series, it would have been a, a rough go if her name was like Bertha McGillicuddy or something like that. We would have <laughs> had a had a tougher time calling it uh, the Bertha McGillicuddy signature series. But but Kayla Lockhart just kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah, no, I I love I love the the sound of the, your your first signature series uh, artist. Yeah. So so you said sports series. So I'm I'm assuming there's going to be other signatories coming down the pipe. Yeah, you know, I think a signature series can be in any of our themes. Um, it just whenever we partner with an individual uh, to to help co-create a design, it could be a, a signature series within our auto, within cool. our auto theme. It could be a signature series within our tempo theme or or what have you. Um, but that there, there's we hope that there's more sports sets to come out after fly fishing as well. So. I would be remiss as we are fellow brothers in the watch fam, not to ask mm -hmm. what's on your wrist. Oh yeah. I'm happy to, to share that. <laughs> so I am wearing, uh, the new ish. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a recent reissue of Bolova's a 11 hack. It's a field Ooh. watch, military field watch, and very happy to have this be sport. And this, it's got a beautiful blue dial with a, you know, bright, um, white handset and a, and a striking red seconds hand. And I've got it today on that kind of mustard ribbed, uh, cheapest NATO strap, NATO strap that everyone and their mother seems to have these days, but I still can't right? not wear because it's a lot of fun. Dude. No, it's because of you. I like, cause I, I had looked for a good ribbed, uh, NATO. And then like, lo and behold, this one day I see your yellow one, your mustard yellow. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. well, if Kyle's got one, I got to know who's got the best, <laughs> well, that... best rib NATO. And you're like, eh, it's a little bit stiff, but it's not bad. And I, I like a stiffer, a stiffer strap because yeah. I actually have a chunky dive watch on, but like, yeah, um, yeah. no, like that, that's, that's awesome. Now, is that a 36 mil or is it a 36, 38? How big is it? It's 36. Yeah. yeah so it's, it, it's 36 with 18 millimeter lugs and it's a great size for me. You know, I've got a six inch wrist and it fits just awesome. And, you know, it's a nice fun little watch to, to glance down at and it feels pretty high end. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it, it's got um, kind of a coin edge uh, bezel on it that, that really pluses it up and feel, it makes it feel special. So that's skookum. So what, what other, what other pieces do you have in your collection? Do you, do you consider yourself a watch collector? Are you enthusiast? I mean, are you just a watch pest. Like, <laughs> how do you identify? That's a great question. I would definitely say I'm an enthusiast and I, I have really only, I think sold, resold one watch since hmm. I ever started having watches. I have almost all of the watches I've, I've had in the last couple decades. So um, I mean, I have the, the, the citizen that my parents gave me for my high school graduation still, <laughs> you nice. know, um, 
but yeah, I, I'm a Seiko guy, you know, I, I definitely have a slew of Seikos and I, and I really enjoy wearing those. And, um, I also dabble in what, you know, we, we all kind of fondly refer to as the, the micro brands, but you know, those, yeah. these independent and, and watchmakers who create these really cool bang for your buck, you know, stylish, you know, very well-spec watches. I just really love this idea that I can have not just like, a, like know who created my watch, but have a good, like a relationship with them and have be friends with people who make amazing products. And that's kind of, I think the amazing thing and the beauty of like Instagram, it's like you can get to know the people who are behind the products that you love, you know, and that's for me makes those products all the more special and all the more exciting. And then the other thing else I'll just say too, is, you know, I'm working for a place like Warren and Wound. I just love that they go in and help promote a lot of these brands by doing limited editions and putting in some cases, some of these brands like in front of people for the first time and other cases, just really riffing on amazing designs in fresh and loving ways. So I have, you know, a, a small group of, of limited editions that I've been able to collect over the years too, from, from the Warren and wound library, you know, do you have, do you have the limited edition Baltic that they did? I don't, but oh. I do have, I do have a Baltic. Um, it's, it's definitely one of the crown jewels of my, if you could say that of my collection, it's one of their early uh, Panda chronographs. Oh, and I'll yeah. tell you, I was talk. I was talking a little bit about this watch today to someone. Um, I started helping Warren and Wound out last year with things like some brand positioning and helping them create some new advertising products and kind of retooling uh, the wind up watch fair a little bit to help them um, learn how to to get more uh, more participants in. And one of the projects they had me uh, work on was a brand positioning exercise. And that was a really rewarding project for me because that's something I love doing. It's something that I consult a lot of companies over the years on doing their brand positioning. And it doesn't always work out this way, but, but as I was going through their brand positioning exercise, um, a line kind of fell out of that exercise that, that I felt could be a really strong tagline for them. And so I pitched it and, and, rarely does this happen, but they looked at everything that I had, had, had kind of worked on. And again, I've been reading Warren and Wound for like eight years and, and listening to their podcast for since like 2017 and just really um, was a massive fan as, as a reader and as a listener. And so a lot of what I was bringing to them was from the outside and how I felt um, as a reader. And one of the things that, that I, really felt strongly about um, Worn and Wound is that they really taught me how to experience watch enthusiasm. And so this notion of experience enthusiasm became what they green lit as a tagline. And they recently got it trademarked. And just um, earlier this week on Monday, they kind of announced that tagline um, on their, on their website, which is a, such an honor for me as, as a marketer to have someone like, look at my work and be like, yeah, that, 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 that fits our vibe. And that's what we want to say about ourselves. And so I was talking to this coworker this morning, again, she's new to the watch world, but she had strapped on this watch and she looked down and had those feelings and just kind of fell in love 
with that watch. And so she quickly called me up and she said, Kyle, I have experienced enthusiasm. <laughs> so she had that feeling. And you, I'm sure this has happened to you, yeah. but when I first strapped on the, this Baltic chronograph, um, it happened to be a Panda Dial limited edition that they did early on. Um, I had this feeling of just like, this is like my watch. This, this watch has like cosmically come into my space and I have to have it. Sadly, it was a limited edition and happened to be owned by a friend who was a musician. And one day he pinged me, he pinged me, he said, Hey, um, you still like that Panda Dial Baltic? And I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, well, I'm recording and I need a drummer. <laughs> I need to pay for a drummer. I'm like, I'll pay for your drummer, man. So, uh, Sweet. He, he turned it over to me and he got a drummer for his demo tape. And, um, it was the only watch in my collection where my wife looked at it and she said, you should get that. It's the only time she's ever said that about any watch. And so it certainly is in my collection and it, it will not leave. It's just a fixture of it now. Um, it's crazy because there are some Baltic collectors out there who are like completists. Yeah. You know, they want every single version of every single watch. And I have been offered some pretty insane dollars for that watch, like, like multiples of what I paid for it, you know? Right. right. And I'm, I always kind of say, I'm sorry, this is part of my permanent collection. Um, but yeah, that's, a, that's, I, I love Baltic and what, what they're doing out there for sure. Yeah. No, I think, I think Etienne, when it, what, however he created his designs, like he, it, it borrows from the past, but yeah. it's, it's not, you can't just like look at it and go like, oh, that, that's riffing off of a Vash, old Vacheron or, oh, that's, it's, it's still cleverly unique enough where you're just like, way cool i have a i have the baltic aquascraft bronze um oh my, i'm my... aware i yeah it looks great man that, i love <laughs> how you let that thing patina it looks amazing yeah that 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 thing is that was that was my my wear of the the pandemic and but it's mm -hmm. funny because like my wife was the same way like i when when etienne teased the dial um i showed it to my the the teaser just to my wife and it was the first time where she was just like you're going to get that watch. And I'm like, well, it has to have this, that, and the other thing. And she's just like, and it was father's day, you know, coming up. And so she mm -hmm. was like, I showed the morning of, you know, like any of us, we get up early, I go up to the site and boom, there it is. And that, that, that dial and the fact that it was in a bronze case, she was just like, if you're not getting it for yourself for father's day, I am just plug it. Here's my credit card. <laughs> like it was, and we just, and we did. So I got, I got a low numbered first run. So it's a numbered edition. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was the, the oh, actually, no, there's two times that my, my wife's done that to me, the Baltic and then the Ferrer Rocher, um, the, the mm. world timer. Those are the only two yep, yep. watches that my wife was just like, I, I want, I want to get this for you, whether you like it or not. And, you know, both those brands, I absolutely love and adore. I love their designs. Yeah. They're, they're super cool. And I think our wives would get along, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, if you're ever on the, if you're ever on the, the West side, you know, you now have, you know, your, your, your hookup over here in the Pacific Northwest. All right. right. I mean, come on. We're no, sounds great. <laughs> so as, as we wrap up, I, I've got, I, I usually ask everybody on the analog explorer this question and you kind of teased around it. And cause you, you kept, you've kept all of your watches since that initial citizen, probably an eco drive. If I had to guess that your mom and dad got you way back in the day. So since then fast forward to now, why watches? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so I've always cared about what products I've had, I have on, on me. Right. So like ever since I was a little kid, I cared about what I, what I, what I wore. 
I cared about what backpack I had. I cared about what hat I wore in high school. That was a big deal to me. And I, and, and I've also always loved cars ever since I can remember, like literally like as a little teeny, teeny toddler all the way to now I've been a car guy. So I lived in Salt Lake city after graduating school in Utah for 11 years. And I, and I commuted to work in a car every single day. And I cared very deeply about what that car was because I was in it for a chunk of the day, but also that, that mechanical device represented me and my personal brand, you know? And so I cared deeply about what I was driving. And there's a really, there's a, there's this article out there that talks about when car guys move to New York, they become watch guys. And again, like I always cared about what was on my wrist. I always wanted a cool looking watch, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But when I moved to New York and stopped commuting in a car every day and started commuting by train and by foot, all of a sudden that mechanical thing that represents me was deleted out of my daily, my daily life. And I just, the, the watch that was on my wrist all of a sudden became so critical and so important as that mechanical thing that I could care about deeply that could also represent my personal brand. And it's, it's like, it's almost like I just, that whatever that article was, it just, it, it, it happened to me almost instantly. I just was like, all of a sudden watching, you know, YouTube content around watches and listening to podcasts around watches and consuming tons and tons of, of blogs, you know, Warren and Wound being the most important one for me at that era and, and to today, obviously. Um, right. But like, you know, it, it, and I started learning, you know, and, and caring deeply and, and Autodromo was a, was a brand that, that Warren and Wound covered that no one else was really talking about. And that I really gravitated toward that because it was, it was both watch and car um, enthusiasm happening in that same thing. And so, and then that just led me to other, other, you know, independent brands that I started caring about deeply too. So that's what, for me, that's why watches it just become, it's part of my, it's part of my personal brand It's part of my kit. It's, it's also part of that mechanical vibe that I love that I can take with me every single day. That's awesome. So you have four kids. Do any of them have the itch? Um, so I have, I have gifted watches to all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Do they wear them? Occasionally, but my, my middle daughter, who again is my 13 year old, she got a classic Casio from her cool aunt. So the cool aunt gave her a classic you know, kind of small Casio. What is it? An mm-hmm. F is it called the F 28 or something like that? I think it is. And, um, within like, within like a week, this beat up old band that it was on the, 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 the resin band that it came with cracked yeah. and snapped off of course. and it's an 18 millimeter lug width. So I grabbed one of my old green army NATOs yep. and she wears on her wrist pretty much every day like a Casio on a NATO, which looks super cool. It's oh. like, I need to take a picture of it and post it because yeah. man, I tell you, like my daughter's watch is cooler than most people's wrist setup. you know? Dude, that is legit. Uh, she has officially got the goods list approval from me. Like that is, that's awesome. Yeah. But it, but it came from the cool ant, not me. <laughs> well, I understand, but I mean, at least it, the cool ant is gateway drug. Okay. And then yeah, we can, yeah. we can kind of, you know, point her in the right direction. 
yeah, no, my son, he, we've, I mean, he's had a couple of watches. We, I, I got a, a free bag of watches off of Craigslist and stuff because he sees me tinker because mm-hmm. I mod and I built a watch mm-hmm. for him when he was born. And it was funny because all of them were all bezel-less, like, because I usually wear a dive watch, uh, bezel-less mm-hmm. watches. And he's always said, it's like, Dad, I want a dive watch. I want, I want, I want an adventure watch. By the way, your guys' scarves, uh, they're called scarves, and we call them adventure scarves. That's that's what he calls cantonment, by the way. I love it. I love it. Bring it on. Because whenever we go hiking, he's just like, oh, Dada, wait, we got to go get our adventure scarves. So that's what we call our, our cantonment. But uh, a bezeled watch, like a dive watch, is an adventure watch for him because that's All what right. I always wear when we go out. So he's been wanting a, a, an adventure watch. And so, you know, looking at what's out there, and eh, there's just nothing. I, I would show him like the, 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 the resin cased Casios. He wouldn't bite onto him and stuff. And then finally, um, Block, the Block watch came mm-hmm. out. And I showed him a picture mm-hmm. of the Block 33. And his eyes were like, Dada, I want the <laughs> black one. And I'm like, you shall have the black one, kiddo. And yeah, then I show it to my wife. Cool. And she's like, well, I like the white one. And and so I, they have you know mom and, and yeah. son matching block watches. Uh, my wife has the white one, and my son he has the black one. And I recently just upgraded the strap because I it, the the system is great. You know, it's basically a a, a Velcro kind of like the NASA mm-hmm. strap type of thing. Yep, yep. But the 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 strap it, it's uh, it's um, vegan leather and stuff. So I was looking for it's got 17 millimeter lugs. And it, you know, trying to find something, 16 millimeters work good and stuff, but I wanted to get him something that's kind of like an Erica's Originals. And so I mm-hmm. got one of the, um, I think they call it the, the cheapest NATOs because of you. Uh, I got him the, uh, I think they call it the paratrooper, I think. Um, it doesn't loop around like Erica's does. It's just a single, okay. like a vintage one. And so okay. I take the keeper off. And I can slide. It's 18 millimeters, but it's stretchy. So as any of right, us right, know, right. Eric's original. You squeeze it through. Yeah. Exactly. And he loves it. So now he has black with a, a white line through it. He, it's his racing. It's his racing strap on his because it's got a racing stripe. That's I don't awesome. know that's what he calls it. Um, but yeah, he's got an adventure watch with a racing strap, all black. But um, well, I mean, all of your kids probably know how to tell time, but like for my five-year-old, like the fact that you have a block of time kind of going into stylized substance as it were, you know, like for me, it was going to be a tool for him to better, you know, call out what hour and minute it is. And, And if you have a kid that's trying to learn time, that, that is the watch to look at. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And I hope my kids all know how to tell time. <laughs> I hope so. on, on I, mine's, mine's a little, little still. So, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. Kyle, thanks so much for coming up on the show, man. I really appreciate it. No, I've been looking forward to this and yeah, keep up your adventures. And, you know, it is funny. You, you tie a, a, an adventure scarf around your neck. You tie, you tie a kerchief around your neck. Life feels more adventurous. It just does. Totally. You know, I, it, 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 it does. It's kind of this interesting um, phenomenon that occurs when you just, tie one around your neck you're like all right i'm ready for anything so thank you for for being you know fans and advocates and you know getting your son indoctrinated into the the culture of of product enthusiasm it's really cool and that wraps up this edition of the analog explorer if you're interested in contonement or that awesome kerchief be sure to check them out online at contonement.com i'm aj barsay your analog explorer Thank you again so much for tuning in, and I'll be talking at you again soon.